This is the Living Out Podcast, and I'm your host, Darren Steele. I help gay men explore the possibilities of living out the best of who they are. I share stories about social justice, LGBTQ issues, and personal growth as a path for personal evolution and to create a more humane world. Oh, the humanity. Today we're going to talk about authentic masculinity. And is that the best a man can get? I'm going to offer up some praise for Gillette, Gillette Razor Company, their Me Too ad on toxic masculinity. And I've got a couple of things that I want to go through step by step as logically as I can in the discussion of this. Now, um, of course, this is a company that is probably suffering a little bit in the razor blade market because there was some competition and Gillette used to be, you know, the one big company that everybody was buying their razors from. I'm not going to presume all of the reasons the company did this. Obviously, they want to make a statement. They want to take a stand. And if they're going to release this boys will be boys video and the the best men can be Dot org video, which is just under two minutes and really challenges toxic masculinity. They have to be ready for backlash. They have to be ready for the many right-wing pundits that have jumped all over them that are losing their shit about this advertisement. And the surprising thing is these so-called hyper-masculine power men are frightened as fuck by a razor blade company's advertisement. It's amazing. If you haven't seen it, I'm going to put all of the links in the episode webpage notes for you to take a look at. I would say I'm going to try and put it in order too. So start with the video first, then you can head on over to the Guardian ad and just read a little bit about it and where it's come from. And then I'm going to talk about Piers Morgan and James Wood and their pathetic responses. And I say pathetic because I would use this heterosexist language and say to those guys, they're not being real men in their responses. Literally like turning the tables and using their sort of heterosexism right up against them. Okay, so let's have a little bit of fun because this is fun. I think this is fantastic what Jilla has done. So they created this short video and I wish I could play it for you, but that would be breaking copyright laws. But basically it's a two-parter. It's showing that the past and the current situation, you know, men in boardrooms grabbing a woman's behind, a woman speaking up and saying something in a boardroom, and then the, the, the CEO or the person leading the meeting is like, I think what she's trying to say is, being of course very condescending, and then people just standing by and watching, a, you know, a kid being bullied or a person of color being bullied and not doing anything about it. And then suddenly there's a shift where the adults, the adult males decide, no, this is not right. They see their two boys playing in the yard. They're actually fighting. And the father decides, no, this is not right. Or there's a great example of these kids are chasing another boy. And 
there's a father who sees this and he's with his young boy, maybe like eight, nine years old, and they run after the crowd and they the father uses his body as a barrier to make the bullies leave. He doesn't do anything violent, but he protects the child. And his son is standing a few feet away, looking at what his father is doing, learning from the example of authentic male leadership. Now, I want to bridge this gap as a gay man. Um, the course I've been taking with Ray Rico Gliosio, uh, Gay Men of Wisdom, and based on his book, Gay Men and the New Way Forward, we've talked a lot about masculinity and the challenge that many gay men have about where they fit into society, what our unique, distinct gifts are as gay men, and how we balance and understand the intersections and the intelligence of the masculine and feminine characteristics. Now, queer theorists, you know, they hear that and they're like, eh, this is like the so-called binary. Let's just work with the characteristics for now to make a point until we have a different way of languaging around this. But I'm just going to read from the book some of the masculine and feminine per, uh, personality characteristics that um, Rigoglioso has uh, borrowed for his book and research from uh, Sandra Bem's assessment. So masculine characteristics are things like acting like a leader, aggressive, ambitious, analytical, assertive, athletic, competitive, defends one's beliefs, dominant, forceful, independent, individualistic, makes decisions easily, self-reliant, self-sufficient, strong personality, willing to take a stand and willing to take risks. And the feminine could be considered affectionate, cheerful, childlike, compassionate, doesn't use harsh language, eager to soothe hurt feelings, flatterable, gentle, gullible, loves children, loyal, sensitive to the needs of others, shy, soft-spoken, sympathetic, tender, understanding, warm, and yielding. Now, of course, someone who is aware of who they are, self-reflexive, and wanting to best manage their relating with other people, will embody those different characteristics just under the umbrella term of masculine and feminine without any attachment to feeling like I'm being too feminine or I'm being too masculine, just simply showing that. And for the most part, most of us do. And 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 one of the things that gay men do very well is to, and of course, this is a generalization, yes, but many gay men tend to understand far more of the feminine characteristics and relate to them and espouse them in different ways. And that's what makes us unique. Somewhere in the gap, able to build bridges between men and women and seeing things, sort of seeing the dualistic nature of the world where we can step back and recognize that people might not know who we are authentically as a gay man, but we see things through a sort of a second lens or a second frame that helps us understand what's playing out and what's going on. So I do agree with something that Rhea said in this book that, you know, gay men can play a very powerful, important role in helping straight men realize there's nothing to be afraid of, of the softer characteristics of the so-called feminine characteristics. 
Now, the outrage to this Me Too movement and Gillette saying, hey, men deserve better. What Gillette is saying is that violence, when it becomes violence for the sake of violence, aggression, when it's just about who's absolutely in control, who has all the power at the expense of anyone else, that's not acceptable. Promoting violence, promoting lack of feeling, promoting a lack of responsibility, that's toxic masculinity. That's manhood at its worst. Authentically masculine means recognizing the strengths and the limitations of only using the masculine characteristics, recognizes the power of embracing some of the feminine characteristics so that we can have more balance. Call it yin and yang, call it balance. But if we are only on one side of the equation, acting in one way, it's like a teeter-totter. That teeter-totter is going to weigh down to one side. There is no balance. Now, there's no such thing as perfect balance. It is always a balancing act. But if we look at some of the reaction, someone tweeted, Agad Said, I think, I'm not sure if that's how his name is said. He said, I wonder how toxic men who stormed the shores of Normandy to liberate the world from pure evil would feel about the moralizing of Gillette Procter Gamble. The folks who do not understand why people are upset at the obnoxious virtue signaling are blind to the toxic. This statement is blind, blinded by a lack of awareness that there is nothing wrong. I should rephrase that. What happened on the shores of Normandy required great courage of the men who either enlisted or were put into war to have to fight, to have to solve this problem of this war. That does not diminish what they did. That does not make them any less masculine. That does not weaken them. Embracing the feminine doesn't mean that what happened in the past was wrong. This is an example of someone who says, oh, I'm going to pull this random event in history as a way to substantiate an argument. So this is a straw man argument that this guy is making. It has nothing to do with anything. Now, I had to laugh because Piers Morgan tweeted, I've used Gillette razors my entire adult life, but this is absurd virtue signaling PC guff that may drive me away to a completely less eager to a sorry to a company less eager to fuel the current pathetic global assault on masculinity let boys be damn boys let men be damn men that is loaded so here's what i tweeted at piers morgan if you were secure and comfortable with your authentic masculinity you wouldn't find this thoughtful message from gillette threatening which begs the question, how are you threatened by this ad if you are being a respectful, responsible human being? So let's take a look at this for a moment. One of the masculine, so-called masculine traits is analytical. So as Piers Morgan 
really analyzed the situation to understand if this is absurd or truly virtual virtue signaling. Well, he is defending his own beliefs and he's being forceful. And he's willing to take a stand, but he's actually not willing to take a risk. He's not willing to risk the possibility as a masculine characteristic that he could be wrong or that he could be open to the possibility that historically how things have played out have pushed women down, have caused segregation, make the lives of LGBTQ people horrendous especially in the age of Donald Trump and the evangelical leaders that are running most of Washington right now that want to convert or eliminate transgender and other lesbian and gays, basically from having any rights, any privileges, or even existence in the country of the United States. And then I did a little bit more of a search and found, of course, the rather let's just call him messed up James Woods, because there's nothing else that we can... He has gone nuts, I think. If you want to see an example of someone who cannot get a grip on what it means to be an empathetic, caring, and open-minded human being, just go read his tweets. He's making fun of some woman that has armpit hair, and he's connecting that with the Gillette ad, which is ridiculous because so many women in Europe don't shave their armpits. He's tweeting about selling his Procter & Gamble stocks. It's fascinating to see this man's, this man's Twitter feed, how aggressive it is, how anti-Democrat, how he makes these crazy connections that don't make sense with anything And it's all about trying to make his voice louder and more obnoxious and more outrageous than anyone else's. As if his strength of voice and his previous reputation as an actor gives him power, which unfortunately it does, but is simply lacking any kind of argument, any kind of understanding of what's going on. This idea of let men be men, let boys be boys, that Piers Morgan tweeted, is highly problematic. Now, on the one hand, we can say, what does that mean? Just let boys be boys. Well, it could mean just like, you know, let them play, let them do their thing, let them figure out who they are. And if it were purely, if that statement was purely that, just let, and it would be better if it were, just let the kids be kids. Let them explore their childhood. Let them figure out how to deal with things on their own. But as adults, we'll keep a watchful eye over them to make sure that things don't go in a way that somebody gets hurt physically or emotionally. But here's the thing. If we have attitudes like Piers Morgan and James Woods, and James Woods on his Twitter page... (laughs) You scroll down a bit and all you see is guns and war and uh, horrible, aggressive comments and name-calling and bullying. If we let boys be boys who look up to James Woods, they're going to model that behavior. They're going to think that's 
okay. And this is the problem, and this is why it's not okay. We can't live our lives with blinders on. We can't accept people who say, oh, I'm, I'm colorblind. I don't see someone as black or Indian, or I'm, I'm genderblind. I don't, I don't see someone as man or woman. That's nonsense. That's discrediting the individual's experience. Those types of comments are often coming from a place of privilege where the person has never had the kind of experience of being othered, of being outside of the norm, of being prejudiced against, of having lost a job or having lost certain freedoms or maybe even having lost connection with their family because of who they are, maybe as a gay person, for example. If we don't teach boys and young men how to be good people, good human beings, and when I say a good person, I would argue that's the balance of what we're terming masculine and feminine characteristics. This is not to go down the path of someone who objects to all of this saying, oh, you want to teach my boy to be girly. That's a prejudiced way of thinking. It's not about making someone be too much of one or too much of the other. It's about embracing these qualities, teaching the value of all of these qualities, allowing for the openness and the possibility of children and young men and young boys to grow up with this freedom, to grow up with the ability to express their emotions, because there are many straight men that are so uptight and so closed off, so disconnected from their emotions because that's what they're taught. That's what leads to this toxicity. Comparatively speaking, the gay man who does not come out, who is always repressing that, suffers psychologically. I've known many men who came out later in life who the language would be from their either former girlfriends or ex-wives was, they cheated on me. And I'm not judging that. But when you want something so much because that's your authenticity, that's what's on the inside of you, but you aren't expressing it on the outside, you can't be a fully engaged human being. You can't be a fully, freely expressing, expressive human being. And when we have this greater balancing act between the two energies, we can move towards a much better world. I just had an image right now of, you know, the last few elections that I've seen. The cabinet in the United States government is primary. It's, there was a picture, it was all white men. Okay, so that's not even a democracy anymore. That's just a capitalist society, a capitalist group of men that are controlling the economy. That ain't government. All right, that's my opinion. I know some people are going to object to that. In Ontario, Canada, the Doug Ford Progressive Conservatives, and I hate that term, Progressive Conservatives, because they're not progressive on anything, entirely, mostly a white cabinet. I believe there are a couple of Asians that are part of the cabinet. 
but there may be two or three women at best. It's primarily white men. That is not representative of society. In Canada, we have such an ethnic diversity. In downtown Toronto, if I find myself in a space in Toronto that's mostly white, I feel I suddenly start to feel out of sorts, like, what's wrong in this environment? Something doesn't feel right. And then I look around, I'm like, oh, why is it so white? Because that's where I live, and that's what I see all of the time. And we need to see the expression of the masculine and the feminine in all of us, men and women, like we see diversity of colors and races. It's one of the last vestiges of far-right, evangelical, fundamentalist, mostly Christianity, but also some other religions that are holding on to this ancient, that no longer has a place, I believe, in our society, way of looking at the power structure of man-first, woman-subservient. I would challenge you to share the Gillette ad, to engage in discussion, not in outrage, not in name-calling, people that are not supporting this message. Like the last podcast that I spoke about, the importance of engaging our critics, this is a critical time in society right now. The balance of the masculine and the feminine energies could be critical to the survival of the human race, to the choices we make about taking care of our planet versus burning more coal, as an example. We have a ways to go, but authentic leadership in men comes from not saying that you per se are at fault because you might not be, but accepting that you're part of the problem if you don't recognize the possibility of solutions to make the world more humane, to make everyone feel more accepted and free to express who they are without judgment or strictures or limitations of her particular status quo. I feel like I got a lot off my chest there, but I hope this impassioned discussion makes you think about these things if you haven't thought of these things before. And as always, if you've enjoyed the podcast, podcast, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please leave me a rating on your favorite podcast player and go check out the episode webpage where you can leave me a comment and engage in conversation. No outrage, no negative criticisms. Bring something that we can talk about to the table so that we can further this discussion and Live out the best of who you are with a balance and an understanding of your inner masculine and feminine energies without the fear of being shamed by others. Embracing who you truly are so that life can be far easier, calmer, and happier. Until next time.